So we're so excited about that and just what the Lord is doing and all that God has really done for us. And um, I wanted to just mention something before we get into the word today. And that is um, November 19th. That's Baptism Sunday. Lots going on. That's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Uh, and um, if you have any questions about it today, you know, then feel free to ask somebody like a leader or uh, one of our host teams or just email us, call us or whatever here at the office. We'll be happy to talk to you about it. Um, but that particular day is also Vision Sunday. Okay. So, uh, we kind of bumped it up a little bit, and Vision Sunday is going to be the 19th of November. Uh, last year, we had it the week after Thanksgiving, I believe, and we kicked off uh, our year-end giving in December, and uh, tremendous response, amazing. God did so many wonderful things there, and we're going to do that again, and so November 19th is going to be Vision Sunday. We're going to talk about where we've been, where we are right now, and where we're going uh, next year, and what the Lord wants to do, and what he wants to say, and how we are going to respond to that as a church, and so... Uh, don't miss that. If you're just new and just trying to check us out a little bit, uh, if, you're, if you can't be here that day, then maybe you can join us online and just hear what the Lord is doing and, and in our church and, and kind of where God's taken us. Um, and, uh, and if you finish, just finished the growth track, you kind of got the bigger picture uh, as who we are as a church. And so I'm excited about that. This morning, I just want us to turn in our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read some scriptures and uh, then we're going to preach a little bit and pray, but um, one of the things that I, I understand about the Lord is how much he cares about us, how much he loves us, and the way that he works is so much different than what we would do. The Bible says his thoughts and his ways are higher and different and, I mean, better than ours, and one of the things that, you know, we, we have to understand about the Lord is that what God takes us through, what the Lord allows to happen in our lives. How many know God is that great, great shepherd? He is the good shepherd. He's watching over us, leading us, guiding us constantly. How many know God doesn't take a lunch break? He doesn't take a vacation. He doesn't like, I'm too busy with these people. I'll get back to you on, right? I mean, he's constantly watching over us, constantly. And I love that about uh, really the scriptures give us such a great definition of how the Lord um, really responds and how we respond to him. And one of the things that, um, as I was just really preparing for this, I really began to understand is that God w wants to strengthen our faith. God wants us to, how many know, I used to have a sign in the office that said, what you go through grows you. How many believe that? What you go through can grow you, right? And so I believe that that's the Lord's intention is that we grow in our faith. One of the things that you read Paul's letters to the New Testament churches is Paul was constantly praying for them and specifically praying that they would grow in their faith, that they would you know, abound in the love of God, grow in grace. How many have read those scriptures? That they would be strengthened in the inner man and constantly growing in their faith. So how many know that's the Lord's desire for our life, right? To grow in our faith and constantly growing in our faith. And so talked a little bit about a couple weeks ago about, uh, ago about how important it is to grow in our faith. But this morning, I want to go a little bit different. I'm going to just share a very popular idea in the Bible, but a very uncomfortable thought to us. <laughs> Amen. And that is going through trials. Amen. The testing of the Lord. And so uh, if you're taking notes, the title really today is uh, Trials, Testing or Tempting. Testing or Tempting. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 1, I'm going to read a few verses, then I want to pray. I love, I love the scriptures, love the Bible, so um, I know 
there's a lot of um, people maybe feel like, well, let's just, let's just paraphrase some of this and let's just rush through the scriptures, but let's take some time to read, okay? So in chapter one, verses six and seven, click on your device, take notes. First, uh, Peter, we're gonna read in chapter four and chapter five, then I'm gonna go to Hebrews chapter three. In first Peter chapter one, verses six, starting in verse six, um, and it says this, it says, in all this, all the things that the Lord has done for you, you greatly rejoice, right? We greatly rejoice in the salvation that Jesus brought. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. Verse 7, these have come so that, so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, which dies or, or goes away, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So these have come, these things that we're going through, all kinds of trials have come to prove in the genuineness of your faith. Chapter four, verse 12. Chapter four, verse 12. says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeals or the trials that have come to test you as though something strange is happening to you. Verse 13, but rejoice in as much as you are participants or partaking in the sufferings of Jesus so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Chapter 5, verse 9. In chapter 5, verse 9, he says this. Talking about the devil, we, we actually quoted this. How many, uh, uh, last week we talked about the devil is a roaring lion seek, walking around seeking whom he may devour. And then it, so it says this in verse nine, resist him, speaking of the devil, stand firm in the faith because you know that the family uh, of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings that you are. The same type of trials. So that's why he said it's not uncommon. Don't act like it's strange. It's not uncommon because everybody else is kind of going through the same thing is what he's saying. Verse 10. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you've suffered a little while him, himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 3. In Hebrews chapter 3 um, he really gives a clear picture and quotes from the Old Testament and some of the old uh, prophets. And he, he gives a clear picture of really the process that God takes us through in verse 7 of chapter 3. He says this, he says, as the Holy Spirit says, and this is actually a word from the Lord as he's speaking it. As the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear God's voice, do not harden your hearts as, as you did in the rebellion. Amen, I'm talking about Luke Skywalker, he's talking about something else. In the rebellion or in the wilderness, during the time of testing in the wilderness. In verse nine, where your ancestors tested and tried me or they provoked me, Though the 40 years they saw, that what they saw I did, even though I did all the miracles, they still tempted me, they, they provoked me, the Bible says. And then in verse 12, at the very end, he says, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Testing or tempting, amen. Father, we just thank you for your word today. Thank you that it brings life. And it not just really uh, gives us joy, it also challenges us and it pricks us in areas and places that really you're dealing with and you need to change and we need to change. And I thank you, Lord, today that your word is not the one that just brings the spotlight on these areas, but it also is a medicine that heals us from these things. I thank you, Lord, that you're doing something in us, amen, that goes beyond today and the Bible says it goes until all eternity. It's far more important what you're doing in us than what you do for us. And so we thank you for that today. I pray that you'd speak to us through your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said...
Amen. So Peter is, is giving us this, this uh, teaching of the trials that you're going through, your faith, the testing of your faith, the trying of your faith. He says it's more valuable than gold, right? But one of the things he makes a, a, a kind of a, a correlation is, is that your faith and gold go through the same process. So gold has to go through the same process that your faith does. That is a proving, that is a testing. Is that right? Never forget years ago I worked uh, in a jewelry, uh, a custom jewelry uh, jeweler. I worked for him for a little bit. And uh, I, I, it was very expensive, some of my mistakes. Anyways, I'll never forget one person came in that had a bunch of jewelry. And they're like, hey, I want all this money for this jewelry. And my boss is like, well, let's just test it out first. Let's see if it's real gold, right? And so, what do, you, what do you mean? What do you do? What do you do? Well, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to take it down. We're going to put it in this, in this uh, you know, porcelain bowl. And then we're going to put extreme heat to it. And we're going to melt it down. We're going to see how much dirt comes to the surface. And then after that, we'll see how much gold we really have. And they're like, well, no, that's okay. I'll take my jewelry somewhere else. How many know that's fake jewelry, right? It wasn't real gold. So they were afraid to get tested because they knew it wasn't real. But God does the same thing with your faith. He actually puts it through testing to make sure it's genuine and real. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, we know that, right, as Christians, and so, but I believe this is what it takes today. I believe that this is what it takes in our society, and that is faith and courage to live this life for the, for the Lord. How many believe that, right? And so, so, a couple of things. Obviously, we have the Word of God. We have fellowship with other Christians that really uh, make our faith strong, but I feel like one of the things that we don't talk enough about is the testing of the Lord, the trials that God brings into our lives, amen, or test us, amen, and allows things to happen in our life. Amen. Amen. And I don't know about you, but uh, there's, there's, uh, Jesus really talks to us and he prepares us. If you, if you listen to his teachings and follow his teachings, you'll see that he prepares us for dark days, for heavy days, for hard times. Come on, somebody. Amen. Oh, no, following Jesus is all about like glitter and rainbows and unicorns. I don't know what Bible you're reading, and I'm not really sure what version of Christianity you have, but it's not the King James Version, it's not the Jesus Version, amen, right? And so what Jesus teaches us is that we are called to stand firm even in darkness, amen, even in difficult times, even in difficult situations. How many believe that with all your heart, amen? And so one of the things that I realize is that God can put you to the test, is that right? God can put you, to, but we are not to tempt God. How many know that? God will test you, but we are not to tempt the Lord. God will uh, prove you, but we are not to provoke the Lord. We can prove God, the Bible says. We can actually test the Lord and prove him that he's true, that his word is uh, genuine and he's right and he's true. The Bible says we can prove him, but we're not to provoke him, right? So there's a difference there between testing and tempting. I want to talk to you today about the testing of the Lord. And the question would be, is who is testing who? <laughs> Amen? How many know it's better if God tests me rather than if I'm tempting him? Amen? I don't know about you. I don't want to be in that place. And so someone um, uh, really kind of once said that really American Christians don't feel that God has the right to test them. Because then he'll infringe on our right for comfort and happiness. So one of the things I wanted to, if you feel that way, I just got a little piece of uh, godly advice for you, is that you need to toughen up, buttercup. That's my advice. You, you, you kind of need to suck it up a little bit and realize that you're going to go through hard times. You're going to go through trials. You're going to go through difficult situations. Anybody? 
Come on, if you live this life, and, and especially the Christian life, you're going to understand that it is not void or empty or, uh, you, know, uh, you know, without its problems and its, uh, you know, circumstances and trials. I mean, believe that, right? And so a lot of people say, well, you know, okay, before we get into this and test, I, I feel like maybe we should kind of deal with the elephant in the message, okay, I guess, and that is why. Why does God test us? Well, I just got two simple answers. Number one, because of his great love. And if you don't understand God's love, keep serving him, keep walking with him. You'll find out God tests you because he loves you so much. Isn't that great? Amen. God corrects us because he loves us. Whom the Lord loves, he what? Disciplines. He corrects. So number one, because of his great love. And number two, because of his great plan. God's great plan of salvation is so much bigger than what we can understand sometimes. So much greater than what we see So for our lives. Amen. How many know God sees the end? From the beginning. We just see today and yesterday. We kind of know about yesterday. We really don't know about tomorrow. But God sees the end from the beginning. And so God is taking us somewhere, doing things in our lives. And because of his great plan, he will test us. He will allow trials to come into our lives. Amen. And so I think that's very important. Amen. That we understand that God uh, really brings these things into our lives. Let's look at it this way. God blesses you with trials. (laughs) You haven't heard that one, did you? Hey, no, God blesses me with cars and money and, and I'll win the lottery. No, no, no. God blesses you with trials. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you had that perspective, amen, as Brother Mike is saying, you'll be a very grateful person. If you understand that God blesses you with trials, amen, to make you stronger, man, you'll look at things different, won't you? Amen. How many know God either blesses you or afflicts you with people according to your need? Amen. So he blesses you with circumstances and trials, amen, uh, on purpose because it's his way of blessing us. We don't look at it that way. Nobody wants to go through it. But in the end, that's really what it's all about, right? And it's not because he's mad at us. It's not because people think, well, man, I did something wrong. God's upset with me. He doesn't love me as much as he loves other people. Uh, But how many know he brings trials into our lives and tests into our lives, amen, to strengthen you, to bless you, to deliver you? And if that's not love, I don't know what is. Amen? I mean, so God does that. And so I understand that when I'm going through something, amen, God is bringing these things in my life. I understand it's because of his great love and his great plan for my life. Amen. And you know something? Tests and trials are the one thing that you can't pray against. (laughs) Amen. I mean, Jesus said you can pray against temptation. Is that what Jesus said in Matthew 6? Part of the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. But he didn't say, don't ever pray against trials. You can't do that, right? There's just some things you can't pray against. And you can't pray against the testing of the Lord. Amen. You just can't do that. And, and so if anything, uh, you certainly don't want to pray for them. I don't know if you're a smart person, but any smart person knows you just definitely don't pray for them, right? Amen. Oh, God, pray for tests and trials today. As a young Christian, I was so, you know, enthused and passionate about that I would pray Lord humble me and I was like I learned don't pray that don't pray that don't pray that uh, you know pray God's blessing God's you know riches and finance you know, all that don't pray God's trials in your life amen but the trying of your faith the Bible says it's more precious than gold to God it's so valuable to God it means so much it's extremely precious to God amen how many believe that it's just like your children they're so precious to you right but as a father and a mother and you know amen there needs to be some discipline there needs to be some boundaries any Christian parents out there there has to be amen some 
Amen. Some things that happen. And there's going to be some correction. And there's going to be some discipline. Well, he's a good father, the Bible says. And he understands that he should do the same thing in our lives. And so he tests us. God doesn't test us to weaken us. We have to understand. He doesn't do it because he's mad at us. He doesn't do it because he wants to weaken us, but to strengthen us. That's exactly why the Lord allows trials in our life, to strengthen us. And so one of the things I, I, I've come to understand is that if temptation causes you to trip up, then the test caused you to rise up. Amen? If you're, if you're tempted to sin, then you're tested to win. That's why God tests you to win. God wants you to win. He's going to, amen, make, he's going to allow you to win. You know, and the, the Bible's very clear about this. We don't have time to get into it, but God does not tempt any man, the Bible says. God doesn't tempt us. Why? Because temptation comes to sin and to fall away from the Lord. So God doesn't do that. James 1 says that God tempts no man. He doesn't do that. That's not the nature of God. We're tempted by the devil. We're tempted by our old lower nature. How many know we're kind of still sin, sin bent a little bit, right? Amen? Come on. We're still, that's old lower nature. So that's what where we're tempted of, the Bible says. And one of the things that I've realized about temptation and testing, notice what the scriptures say, is that in temptation, God will make a way of escape. But in testing, God will make a way through of it. I mean, know what I'm talking about. So God empowers you, and when he tests you and gives trials that come, he, his grace empowers you to go through it. But when you're tempted to sin and fall away, God is still gracious and loving, and he makes a way of escape. Amen? So how many know whether it's a way of escape out of temptation or going through the, t uh, the test, amen, God still reveals his power. Let me just talk about three things if I can today, and that is... Uh, what God does through testing. He tests our three things. Number one, God tests our faith, God tests our loyalty, and God tests our heart. Amen? And we know that's the testing of the Lord. He tests, our, he tests our loyalty. Now, what we like to do as, as people, we like to do that to other people. We like to test their loyalty. We want to test their commitment and their friendship. But how many know, amen, we need to pay more attention <laughs> to how the Lord tests us. But he tests our faith, he tests our loyalty, and he tests our heart. Amen. You know, um, there's a saying in, in Christian uh, Really, in, in Christendom, really, it's been around for a while, and some of you have heard this, and you've actually thought it was scripture, that God won't give you more than you can handle. How many have ever heard that? Isn't that a great little plaque put in your kitchen? Isn't that great? Right over stress, you know, some stressful, in your, in your office, right near the boss's, you know, door, right there. God will never give you more than you can handle, so don't give me any more paperwork. No, that's no, no, no. You know, that's a saying that we have come up with, not necessarily scripture, that's not scripture. What the scripture says is that when you're tempted, God will not, get, not allow temptation, so much temptation to come in that's going to overtake you, he's going to make a way of escape out of it, right? So that's the proper scripture. And many people believe that, well, God's never going to give you more than you can handle. That's simply not true. Some of you have walked through sickness and it's something you can't handle. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? The burden of sickness is, is something that really we weren't meant to carry. We can't handle that. And we go through things that we just simply can't handle. We feel like there's more than we can handle. And we all face the problems and of life. We all, uh, you know, kind of face these things. We all kind of get to a place where we, 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 we get in these places where we find that we live, that we can't handle these things, but nothing we face is ever more than he can handle. Amen? 
More than he can handle. That's the way we should say it. Amen. That God will never give me more things that he can handle. He, he can handle this. Amen. That God can't handle it. Amen. And so in those moments that uh, we're in, in the moments uh, that are more than we could handle, we discover the greatness of God. That's the truth, isn't it? In, the, in those moments of more than we can handle, we discover the greatness of God. We find ourselves uh, really in, in our situations, up our lives uh, in a situation, our, wall, our backs against the wall, and our, at that point, it's like our prayers become fueled, our focus becomes uh, so zeroed in on the one who can set us free and help us. Amen, isn't it? Amen. And, and in those times, we, we realize that it's the greatness of God that we lean into. It's not ourselves or God. Good advice when we go through these things when we're faced with things more we can than we can handle really what happens is we discover the greatness of God that's what the Lord wants us to do he wants us to discover his power in testing did you know that the whole 40 years of wandering in the wilderness for the children of Israel was all about God revealing his power that's the testing of the Lord. In the whole midst of his testing, amen, he wanted to reveal his power. Constantly, God was revealing his miracles. Constantly, God was revealing the power of his name and his presence. How many know what I'm talking about? And when you get in a situation, you've got to understand God wants to reveal his power. Amen. That's what it's about. And just like when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by the devil, what does the scripture say? The Bible says when he came out of the wilderness, he was full of the power of the Spirit. That's what God wants to do. Ultimately, God is directing you to his greatness, his power, his ability. Amen. And so when we go through difficult situations, we have to understand that, God, you're trying to reveal your power in my life. You're trying to reveal miracles in my life. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so it's important that when I'm going through this testing that I'm not complaining, I'm not quarreling with God, I'm not arguing with God, I'm not trying to go back to sin, I'm not trying to turn my back on God. Come on, somebody just like they did in the wilderness. But I have to understand that if God brought me to it, he's gonna bring me through it, amen. Is that right? Amen, and just like Jesus, and amen, in that example, I love that scripture that he was full of the power of the spirit after he was tempted. I mean, no, Jesus gave us a great example how to do it, amen, how to go through it. And in 1 Peter chapter five, we read this in, in, in verse, or chapter five, verse 10. It says, after you've suffered a little while, uh, will himself, God will restore to you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Or in the King James, it says that he will perfect you. He will establish you. He will strengthen you. He will settle you. So trials come to establish you in the faith. Trials come to settle you in and get your roots down in Jesus Christ so that when a storm comes, you're not going to be blown away. You're not going to be destroyed. Amen. Your life isn't going to completely fall apart. You're going to want to go back and, and you're going to want to abuse your body and substances in your body. Come on. Amen. Because you feel lonely. You're going to try to mask the pain. How I many know you don't need that anymore if you're settled in Jesus Christ? And that's why the Bible says that if you get, it'll perfect you. Not that you'll never have problems, but you'll become mature enough to know that God is bringing this in my life to, to strengthen me, to challenge me, but to strengthen my faith and so that my roots will go down deep in him. How many know uh, if you're new in the faith and you're young in the faith and the things of the Lord, you haven't really been in the church for a long time, I want you to know this, that in order for a building to go high, the foundation's got to go deep. 
And if you're going to really be, amen, strong in the Lord, your foundation's got to be strong, right? And so the Lord's going to bring some trials in your life, some tests in your life, and he's going to test your faith to see if you're really going to be genuine, amen, right? So that you can be that building or that tree or whatever God has in your life, amen. And here's what I love about the Lord. If you fail, God does it one more time. And if you fail, God loves you, picks you up, gives you this like whatever, hey, we can do this, and then let's try it again. Amen? How many of the Lord is, is a great father, but he's also an excellent coach? <laughs> Amen? He just, he, you know, one more lap around the track. I think you can do one more. Let's try that again. Amen? And I love that about the Lord that, as we talked about last week, that failure is not final. Failure with the Lord is not final. And so a lot of Christians get to a place where they try, 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 try. They fall, they struggle, they fall, they struggle. And then they're like, well, I, I guess I'm just not good enough. Amen. How many know you got to keep coming and keep coming back to the Lord, keep coming back to the Lord? And, and, and I love that about the Lord is that, well, just like we see with the children of Israel. The Bible says they tested and failed. They tested, he tested them, they failed. He tested them, they failed. And he was still right there. He still wanted to be their God. He still wanted to protect them. He still wanted to be with them. And I love that about the Lord. So he's going to perfect you and establish you and strengthen you and settle you with these tests that come into your life. So he tests our faith, doesn't he? And, you know, one of the things that you look through the scripture is that with every promise in the book, every promise, there was always a timing, a test, and a turnaround. Amen. That's a sermon in itself, right? So every, every promise from the Lord has a test. Every miracle that, that, amen, that God brings in our life sometimes has a test. What are you going to do with it, right? Amen. And the second thing that I just wanted to share that the Lord really kind of um, works on us and tests is our loyalty. You know, being uh, tested really and, and walking with the Lord is a journey of faithfulness, isn't it? Amen. How many know it's just a journey of faithfulness to the Lord? You want to run because things get tough. You want to blame God. You want to do this. You want to take the easy way out. But it's just that path of faithfulness. And that's what it means to follow Jesus. It's just the path of faithfulness. You know, sometimes you're flying like an eagle. You're soaring on the wing. Sometimes you're kind of running and you're like, and then there's other times you're just walking by faith. How many know what I'm talking about? How many know have been in that experience? Amen. You're just walking by faith. And so sometimes it's just our loyalty that's being tested. Did you know that Jesus did this? He tested the disciples' loyalty. Will you go also? Will you turn away from me also? Who do you say that I am? Well, how dare the Lord test my loyalty? Listen, if you're going to say that you're a Christian and that you believe in God, how many know that's going to be tested? If you claim that you're a Christian, if you claim that Jesus, you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, just like Peter, if you make this bold statement of faith, how many know your faith is going to be tested? That statement is going to be tested. That de declaration is going to be tested. Do you really believe in the Lord? Do you really believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Do you really believe that he's your great shepherd? Amen. And so it's tested, isn't it? Amen. And so that steadfast and holding on faith is tested. Our loyalty is tested. You know, there's a, a false belief and, a, and kind of a myth, in, and if we're not careful, that we'll believe, and that is, says this, that if you love God, nothing bad will hap happen to you. How many of you know, how many have been saved for over five years? Let me see your hand. Okay, you've been saved. How many know, that's just not true. If you really love God, nothing bad's gonna ever happen to you. Well, 
Talk to Paul and Silas when they're in prison. When Paul was beaten and, and stoned and drug out of the city for dead and shipwrecked and, and went days and days without food or money or uh, he was homeless at times. Come on. I mean, no, you can't tell Paul that. You couldn't tell Paul that. You couldn't tell Peter that. Couldn't tell the disciples that. Couldn't tell Jesus that, right? If you really love God, you know, how many know that's the, that was the temptation that they tempted Jesus at the, at the cross? If you're really the son of God, you're going to come down from that cross. Think about it. Wow. I wouldn't want to be that guy. Amen. But, you know, we believe that sometimes that, God, if you really love me, you're not going to let anything bad happen to me. And yet we see Lazarus died and Jesus' family turned against him and Jesus hung on the cross and, and all the disciples were, except one were martyred, Right? How many believe they love God with all their heart? How many believe God loved them, amen, with all his, his heart, amen? And so it's simply not true. What he promises us is that if you'll stick to me, if you'll stay with me, then I'll get you through, amen? It's like Peter on the, walking on the water. It, you're not, it, God never promises us that we're not gonna go through storms, but he said when the storms come, Amen, then it's, and I'll get you through, right? So that's what happens. So we test our loyalty. Why is that important? Because one of the things that we go back to, the very basis of being a Christian, is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Don't make idols. Don't worship other things. Let him be exclusive. Come on. And so he tests our loyalty, doesn't he? Constantly in the Old Testament, we see that the children of Israel constantly being tested with their loyalty. Every time they came to a new uh, area, area and a territory, one of the first things that the Lord said is do not worship like they worship stay away from their idols because they're going to take your heart away from the Lord anybody right so how many know that's why the Lord wants he wants our loyalty amen to be firm not just our faith in him but our loyalty to the Lord in him why because when you go through a difficult situation and you feel lonely and you feel depressed and you feel anxious you need to know that God is still with you he's not going to leave you and God needs to know I'm not going anywhere I'm not going anywhere Amen. How many know you've been through some really difficult situations, amen, and, and, and you've been hurt by people in the church and disappointed by Christian leaders and, and, and you've been, I mean, just all kinds of things have happened. But guess what? I'm not going to walk away from God. I'm not going to walk away, amen, from him. I mean, there's a lot of things that have happened in my life, but guess what? I'm still with him. Why? Because he's with me. And as long as he's not leaving me, I'm not leaving him. And listen, you can go through life not having anything, but if you have God, you have everything. Amen? And so many of us want everything else except what we need from the Lord. But this is what the Lord wants, your loyalty, your loyalty to him. Right? Amen. And, and thirdly, our heart. God tests our heart. Now, this is true, so true that we really don't understand it sometimes, but God really, the Bible says, what does he say? He doesn't look on the outside. Man looks on the outside. Where does God look? He looks in the heart. God tests the heart. And Jeremiah says that, that God tries the heart. Amen. It, the heart of man is deceitful, desperately wicked, but nobody knows it but the Lord. And, and in the Old Testament, God declared several times, I am the Lord, I try the hearts. And he goes in and he says, I try the reins of men. What does that mean? That means the motives of people. Like, I'm into your motives. Amen. How I many you know? Uh, you know, in school you can test your knowledge, and, and maybe as a parent you can test their character, and, and as a boss you can test people's work ethics. But how I many you know? Only God can test the heart, 
because only God knows the heart. Amen. That's one of the things I love about the Old Testament characters that we see in the heroes of faith is that some of them made so many mistakes. Hello. So many mistakes. I mean, just like they were not perfect in in what we would call perfect. But how many know they had a heart after God? David himself, I mean, look at David. The Bible says that he, in one, in one season of his life, he lusted after a woman, he had uh, committed adultery, he committed murder, he lied, he did this, he did this, and yet, in Psalm 51, he repents, and he's God's man again. Think about it, why? Because his heart was after God. You know, I've known people that, I've, I have to say that it wasn't their circumstance. It wasn't where they came from. It wasn't what's going on in their life. It's not the bad things that are happening to them. It's their heart posture is wrong. And because your heart posture is wrong, you're not going to get through this. Amen? Amen. And so God tries the heart. God tests the motives. I mean, this is what it's all about. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, let's look at this scripture. I'm going to put it up here, but you can turn there if you want to. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'm going to move through this quickly. It says, be careful to follow every command that I'm giving you today. This is the Lord speaking to the children of Israel. So that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promises you to your oath to your ancestors. Amen. That's awesome, right? Follow my commands. We got that. Yeah, sure. Verse 2, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Wow. That's why the Lord tested him. We don't want to admit that sometimes, but God wants to see what is inside. Amen? I mean, no, it's not what, the Bible says that you can say anything with your mouth, but if your heart isn't towards the Lord. Jesus said, they honor me with their lips, but their what? Heart is far from me. Jesus knew their heart. Many times the Bible says that Jesus would, everybody was around him and wanted to make him king and make him famous. And the Bible says he walked right through the middle of the crowd, got out of there as fast as he can, because the Bible says he knew what was in men's hearts. They did not love, they weren't around him because they thought he was the Messiah, because they believed in him as Jesus, and they wouldn't, you know, they they just wanted because he was popular, and he was feeding people, and there was free food, and, and all the miracles, I wanted to watch the show, right? But God knew their heart wasn't right. Isaiah prophesied about the people of the day of Jesus, the Jews at at Jesus' time. He said, and the Pharisees, he prophesied about it. And he said, look, he said, there's something wrong with their heart. They're not going to receive you. He said, just like they killed the prophets in the Old Testament, they're going to kill Jesus. Amen. Think about it. Because their heart was out of order. Amen. And so our heart needs to be right. The posture of our heart. God tries the heart in the reins of men, the Bible says. Amen. Because he knows what's inside. And he alone, now notice this, he alone can give us a new heart. Isn't that the promise of salvation? We see it in Ezekiel and old other places. What does he say? I'm going to take a heart of stone out of you, and I'm going to give you a soft heart, a pliable heart. God gives us a new heart. How many remember the day that you got saved? You felt like, I got a new heart. I can't explain it. I just don't want to say the same things, do the same things. I love different. The people I hated now, I forgive them. I love them. How many know God gives you a new heart? Come on, somebody. The part of the new nature is not that I go to a church now. Part of my new nature is I have a new heart now. Man, my passions are different. My interests are different. My priorities are different. Come on, somebody. Amen? Amen. And so God gives us a new heart. And only God can do that. 
You know, this is one of the things that if you're praying for people to get saved and your relatives and your children to come back to the Lord or whatever, you have to understand that only God can work in their heart. Now, God may use you. God may use you to say some things or do some things or whatever, but only God can change their heart. Amen? And so I believe that. But God tests our heart, doesn't he? He wants, he wants, you know, he's getting uh, in us, out of us, what's in us, out of us, so that he can put in us what's in him. Amen? How many to believe that? So he tries our heart and tests us to get out of us what's in us sometimes, so that he can put in us what's in him. Amen? That new nature. He can put in us love where there's hate and unforgiveness and bitterness. He can put in um, kindness and gentleness and long-suffering and, and all these things the Lord wants to put in us. How many can, over the years, and walk with the Lord, you can honestly say, I know the Lord has changed my heart. I know the Lord has actually just changed my heart. And sometimes it took the testing of the Lord, didn't it? He tested you. Him, that old person, that person from your past, maybe it was a father or a mother, or maybe it was somebody from your past, he brought along and said, you know what? Do you really, are you really gonna forgive people? Are you really gonna love people? Are you really going to give people grace? Come on, now that you've had grace. I mean, the Lord tests us that way. I don't know about you, but you know, when you first get saved, a lot of times it seems like the Lord kind of, there's all this outer stuff that the Lord kind of deals with. I don't know about you, but for me, it was like, okay, I can't be, you know, cussing all the time and, and, and smoking, that's got to go. And I really don't want to do that. You know what I mean? I mean, the Lord kind of deals with all that, right? I mean, right away. You just kind of feel like, I, I, you know, I don't want to do that, right? But there's something else that the Lord begins to do in your life. And he begins to do something so deep and so like unique that it's like there, you just can't, you know, for some of us, it was, uh, you know, saying sorry. Okay, yeah, sorry for that one. I did the 12 steps. Yeah, I can do that. Make amends. I can do all that. How many know? But sometimes God had to really heal us of bitterness really touch us inside. And that's what the Lord does in our hearts. But our heart has got to be opened up. I want to talk a little bit more about that next time. Our heart has got to be opened up to the Lord. See, we demand loyalty from God. But, and, but when we fail, we, we don't blame ourselves, we blame God. We demand this loyalty from God, that God has to be loyal to us and he's got to be faithful to us and, and, and God's got to give us all these things. And if he doesn't give us all these things, then somehow he's not really God and Christianity really isn't real. I mean, oh, God deals with your heart. I mean, if some of you have struggled reading the Bible and, and in the sense that, you know, uh, maybe you were believing one way and you were this and this and then all of a sudden there was a bad experience, there was an abuse, there was something that happened and now all of a sudden it's like, I don't even know if I believe the Bible anymore. I mean, I mean, I don't even know if I believe in God anymore. I mean, no, God tests your heart. Amen. God allows these things to come into your life or he, he's allowed them to touch your life to test your heart. God wants you to have a pure heart. God wants you to have a heart after him. God wants you to have a heart that's bent towards him and submissive to him. How many know what I'm talking about? Right? And so we see this. Think about it. And with Israel, 40 years, for over 40 years, God was dealing with them. And, and they were still stubborn, still resistant after 40 years. I mean, if the Lord deals with me for 40 days, I can't take it. Right? I'm like, okay, I surrender. I got it. Uncle, uncle. I, I, you know, but 40 years. That's human nature, isn't it? 
And God will keep working with us and working with us because he wants our heart to be right before him. Amen. And so I believe that. Trials are to really, in the tests of the Lord, are to inspire you. Did you know that? They're to inspire you. They're to stir a passion in you for God. They're to cause a, a, a desire to worship God. I mean, like never before, to be on fire for God, to be excited about God, to be joyful. I mean, the trials that God brings to you, amen, are not for you to go to life group and complain about how bad your life is and everybody pray for you and then text you. And if they don't, oh man, that's terrible, right? God brings you so that you can be inspired for more passion, more desire. I'm chasing after the Lord more than I am ever have been. Why? Because I've been through some things. The trials that I've been through, as David said, all the things I've been through, the rejection of Saul and the, the running and hiding and all the things that he was through, he said, listen, I still have a passion after the Lord. All these things that I've been through, they just created a hunger for God. They just created more of a passion for the Lord. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so this is what it is that the trials are to inspire you to bring a passion for God in your life and worship. And, and then when you read scriptures, you should just stop right there, throw your hands up and worship God because there's such a passion because I see what God's doing in my life. I've been through some hard things and, and this test is, is pretty much more than I can handle, but now I understand it. And so I have this passion for the Lord. I don't know about you, but the people that are in this room that I've seen that have really a heart after God, such a faithfulness to God, have been through some of the most difficult things. And all those things I've seen in their life, and that's been such a testimony to me, have only driven them more to God. Amen. Have only driven them. Some of us, I mean, we break our cell phone. We're like, I'm not going to church. I can't go to church. I mean, I don't even know if God anymore. I mean, come on, somebody. I mean, no, we need to say that advice that I gave at the beginning. We need to toughen up, buttercup. Amen? Amen. But God does these things. They're to inspire you. Psalm 17, 3, David said, Though you probe my heart, God, though you examine me night and day and test me, you will find that I have planned no evil. My mouth has not transgressed against you. Amen? That's why he said, you can try me. No, see, if there's any wicked way in me, Lord, I'm open for it because I know there's not. And you can do that. Amen? And so your desire becomes the Lord. Your desires come about the Lord. And really that's what tempting, being tempted is all about. Is that your desires for evil are stirred up and to sin. But how many know when you're tested, your desire for God and his righteousness and all the things that represent the Lord, come on, holiness, are stirred up. That's what God intends. That when you get tested, you're not going to run back to the old ways. You're not going to leave and, and kind of get further away from God. But when God tests you, it's so that you'll lean in more. You'll, your faith will get stronger. Amen. You'll begin to pray more and seek the Lord and get into more scriptures. And, you know, you used to do a verse a day. Now you're doing a book a day. Amen. Why? Because there's, I mean, you're going through a trial. Amen. And you know, the, the, the people that are going through the test, the Bible says that they don't even know you're going through a test because they're just, they know what's going on in their life. They know what God's doing. And so they're not going around looking all sad and pitiful and like, I, I remember testimony service sometimes, you know, and having these Christians that didn't understand the process of God in their life. And so it's like, hey, sister, you want to give a testimony? Yeah, I'm just going through hell this week and God's really putting it to me and I'm just really suffering right now and my car broke down and my, my, my cat died and all this stuff and God's, God's really, man, he's just, you know, he doesn't love me anymore. I mean, I'm like, are you kidding me? 
I mean, are you kidding me? You don't see how much God loves you because these opportunities are such a channel for you or time for you to really get stronger in your faith. <laughs> that the trying of your faith is more precious than gold. I mean, I mean, all the things that you go through do grow you. And the Lord wants you to know that. Amen? How many believe that? How many understand the testing of the Lord a little bit more? How many understand testing of the Lord? How many can say, Lord, whatever you're going through, it's going to grow me. Amen. Whatever I'm going through, whatever you put me through, whatever test you're allowing in my life, it's because of your great love. There's nothing that happens in my life that you don't know and that you don't allow in my life. Amen. Amen. My life is what we call father filtered. It's father filtered. Amen. Amen. How many believe that? He's the great shepherd. He's not going to lead you astray. He's not going to lead you in some rotten grass pasture somewhere, dead grass. He's going to lead you in the way of righteousness and green pastures and refreshing times in the Lord so that your faith gets stronger. So that in these times, in these days, your faith is strong and it's settled and established that nothing will shake you and that nothing will be able to take you away from the love of God. Amen in your life. That's what the Bible says. How many believe that? Amen. Do you believe that today? Amen. I just want to give you a couple of things about how to recognize tests, but let's stand on our feet. Amen. It's so much better when you're standing on your feet, maybe. How do I know it's a test? That's a good question, isn't it? How do I know it's a test? How do I know I'm being tempted? How do I know it's a test? How many, know, how many do you know that it could be just, you know, there's times where my wife and and I've been going through stuff and then it's just like, you know what, I guess really what it is, I just have a bad attitude. I mean, that's really what it is. It's not anything about the car or the house, the kids. It was just really, I'm just really struggling today. How many of you ever been there, right? It, it's just, okay, I'm really struggling today. So how do I know it's a test? How do I know that the Lord's doing things in my life? Well, first of all, we always know that God is always doing something amazing in our life. He's always doing something good, right? He's always doing working in our life. He doesn't stop. He's just constantly loving and, and pouring in. I love that about the Lord. Number one, let me just give you a few things. Number one, there's conviction. It's God's voice speaking to you. You just know. You just know. Come on, somebody. How many know what I'm talking about? You just know that you know it's right in here. You know, you know what you got to do. You know what you get. You know you got to forgive. You know you got to do this. You got to you got to do what's right. It's conviction. The inner voice, as the Bible says. Number two, uh, how do I know it's a test? Because I feel so uncomfortable. Because I feel so uncomfortable. Because I know I have to humble myself, and I feel so uncomfortable with that. And I know I got to go to church and and worship the Lord, even though I don't feel like it. Raise my hands and and thank the Lord for all He's done. Even though I don't feel like it, it feels uncomfortable. The Lord's testing me today. He's testing my faith today. Am I going to put my trust in him or my feelings? Am I going to stay in bed or am I going to go to church? I, well, come on. The Lord is testing it. So how, no, it feels uncomfortable. People say, well, if I do God's will, it's going to be peaceful. It's going to be joyful. I don't think so. Again, ask Paul and Silas when they're in prison. Did that feel comfortable? No. But were they in the center of God's will? Yes. Amen. And so it's uncomfortable. The third thing is it reflects what the Bible teaches. And whatever I'm going through, how do I know it's a test? Well, I know that I need to do this and this and this. And, and I know, so I know I see it in the word. And so I know the Lord's trying to teach me his word. Amen. It reflects the word. Number four, there's fruits of the spirit. We just see that there's love and joy and peace, long suffering and gentleness, patient kindness, all these things, right? It's the fruit of the spirit. If, it, if, if what you're going through is just causing you to get more angry and just, and, and just more kind of acting out a little bit more, I mean, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. 
Fruit of the fear, it's like, okay, there's love coming up now. And there's, there's gentleness coming up. There's kindness coming up now. Amen. The fruits of the Spirit are like, this is how I know there's a test. The fruits of the Spirit are like really shining right now. Amen. Really coming out. And fifthly, is that my faith is stronger. That's how I know it's a test. God's challenging my faith. That's how I know it's like, you know, the Lord is dealing with me about worshiping no matter how I feel, what I'm going through. I just need to thank the Lord. I need to, I need to, come on, I need to sing and clap and dance and, and really worship the Lord because, amen, and that's how I know my faith is stronger and I know that I'm glorifying God. That's one of the ways I'm being tested and I know I'm being tested is because God wants me to glorify him. Amen. And there's, you know, when you, when you talk to people that have really gone through some trials and stuff, guess what they're talking like? Amen. Praise God. I uh, bless the Lord. I mean, he's good. I mean, God's doing something good, right? That's how you know. Amen. And so we're glorifying God. That's how you know it's a test, that your faith is stronger, the fruits of the Spirit, it reflects the Word. You feel uncomfortable. There's conviction of the Holy Spirit. Let me just read the scripture in closing. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. He said, my, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastises everyone he accepts as his son. Verse 10, their discipline, the disciplines of the Lord are just for a little while, and, and, but they're the best thing for us. And the Bible says that, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. Did you know that? that we may share in his holiness. Verse 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. You know, it's hard to imagine that our present trouble is creating future glory. <laughs> that's hard to imagine, isn't it? But that's why we need to hope in God's word, trust in God's word. Okay, this present situation is not my final destination. It's, pre it's creating a glory that I can't see. Amen. And so that heart that, you know, this that present trouble is creating a future glory. The Bible says that peaceable fruits of righteousness, good fruits come out of it. Now, I don't know if some of you like this historian, but or the, the history and, and this guy in history. But but uh, one of the things that's so amazing, Isaac Newton said that trials are medicines, which our gracious and wise physician prescribes because we need them. And he he. Uh, um, gives us proportionally the frequency and the weight of them to what the case requires. Let us trust his skill and thank him for his prescription. He is the great physician and his prescription is trials. So let's receive it by faith. That is the medicine we need at this time, amen, to take. And I love this, uh, really in the closing, I just want to say this about the Lord, that one of the things I've noticed is that when you go through trials and you go through temptations and things and God's dealing and, and the tests of the Lord, your trust is deeper. There's just something that you trust the Lord deeper. There's a trust. Amen? How I many know? So you go through some things, and next time the Lord tells you to jump, you're like, I know. I got it. I trust you. Amen? Your trust is deeper. Your confidence, your confidence is wider, and your view is taller. Amen? You can start to see. Okay, okay, Lord, I see it. I see it. I didn't see it before, but I see the importance of forgiving people. I see that now. I see the importance of doing what's right, being honest, telling the truth. I see that now. I see the, the importance of loving my spouse and, and doing what's right at home. I see that importance. And, and as my character at work is so important and my integrity at work and my work ethics are so important, I see that now, Lord. I see that now because you brought me through that. How many believe that? 
So how many can say, I thank God for the tests. I thank God for the trials. I thank God for the mountains. I thank God for the valleys. I thank God for the good times and the bad times. I thank God for everything that he's doing. He's doing it for his glory and his honor in Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we thank you today.